Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host, Leanne Hunt, and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm, fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Knitter Square podcast. It's a beautiful, sunny autumn morning as I record this. And I don't know if you can hear it, but there are some pigeons and doves in the garden outside. We've had amazing bird life since the lockdown began because um, we've had almost no traffic on the roads and there have been no aeroplanes in the sky, which for me is, is quite remarkable. We actually are on a flight route from the OR Atambo Airport in Johannesburg. So normally we would have aeroplanes flying over at least on an hourly basis, um, a lot more usually. Uh, But in the last week or so, we've had perhaps two jets flying over and they have been to take people home to their home countries or to bring people, South Africans who have been stranded in other countries, home to South Africa. So as I said, it is still the lockdown. Um, Our lockdown in South Africa began on the 27th of March. Uh, It was intended to go on for three weeks initially, and then it was extended for another two weeks. So um, that would have made five weeks. But as I speak, we are expecting our president to give us more instructions about the the extension, perhaps of the lockdown or certainly the the easing of certain measures um, as lockdown continues. So we are expecting that certain businesses and industries will get back to work but social distancing will certainly still be a very big reality as far as um, interaction is concerned. We're not sure how that is going to impact us at Knitter Square because um, our um, activities involve going into the barn every Tuesday to open and sort parcels. Now, that will depend on the post office delivering, at least receiving parcels from overseas and sorting them at the central depot at the airport and getting them to our local post office. And then it'll depend on um, whether we can actually gather at the barn to open those parcels. And certainly what will also impact us is whether the children will be gathering at creches and, um, you know, in their classrooms, because that's where we do our distributions. We don't go out to the individual homes of people. We always do our distributions at uh, central places like the the creches, um, particularly the informal creches, where perhaps a um, a teacher, a caregiver has gathered some children together because their parents go off to work and there's nowhere else for them to be. These would be children between about three and seven years old. So um, until we are sure about how the gatherings are going to be controlled and regulated, we don't know um, whether we are going to be able to continue distributing. But for the time being, we are um, hoping and um, we have faith that uh, everything will eventually come back to some semblance of normality. And we encourage all our members across the world to keep knitting squares and hand warmers and beanies and soft toys, which they can eventually parcel up and send out to us. And we will be able to distribute them to the children who need them. Um, All right, so that's a little bit about the lockdown. What I would also like to say is that uh, this episode is going to be um, dedicated entirely 
to the um, the COVID-19 outbreak here in South Africa. I just thought it's important to mark the time in the life and work of Knitter Square because this is such a, an unusual thing to happen to us. In the, in the life of Knitter Square, um, f- over the last 12 years or so, we've never ever had anything like this. Um, and we hope that it won't happen again. But for the time being, it really is something extraordinary. Um, and I was tracking it from the beginning. And so I've got a couple of uh, clips to play you um, from the very first time that we began to pay attention to the possibility of infection from COVID-19. Um, before that, though, I just want to mention that we are incredibly grateful for the people who are on the front lines, our medical health care workers, um, the people who are in emergency feeding schemes, the people at, at the grocery stores who are helping us with our food supply, people who are obviously in the transport services getting food from warehouse to retail store, and um, those people who are working in the sanitation um, industries, because those are hugely important for obviously maintaining the cleanliness and the um, hygiene around us. Also, um, we couldn't go without mentioning the people who are involved in the maintenance of our electricity and water supply services, as well as our internet connectivity supply. And of course, the la- the last feature there is, you know, podcasting wouldn't be possible if it weren't for the um, ability to broadcast and to receive podcasts through the internet. So that being said, um, I will introduce you to the first clip. This one was recorded on my iPhone at the barn in early March. Um, and I set the scene in the clip so you won't, I won't need to introduce it more than that, except to say that the actual date of the recording was the 3rd of March, 2020. We're in the barn and I wanted to describe the scene today because um, as you will all know, the coronavirus is spreading across the world. And we're now probably in about two months into it. Um, There have been scares in various places. And I think today is the day that we heard that six people had died in the United States. So um, I'm sure wherever you are, uh, you're very well aware of of it um, in your area. I wanted to just say that in South Africa, we've had no reports of cases. And we've also been told um, from the people that know these things that uh, parcels of fabric and things that come through the post are of no danger whatsoever. And so our, um, we're not concerned at all about um, any viral infection coming through parcels. Um, what Rhonda did tell me is that at the post office there is a notice that says that all postal post from coming from China it has been stopped so anybody who is in China and may have um, tried to send squares through to us that won't have reached us simply because the post office isn't um, accepting post from China at the moment but from all the other countries we're receiving post and opening post as usual um, Rhonda has made sure that we have uh, antiseptic wet wipes distributed on the tables so that everybody can follow the advice of the health authorities and just use um, hand sanita- sanitizing products um, regularly throughout the day because apparently just um, you know touching 
your hand on your face or whatever could spread spread a germ that you've maybe picked up from somewhere in the outside or whatever. So um, it's it's is an, an issue of concern, but nobody's panicking at the moment and certainly not in South Africa because we haven't had any reported cases. Um, I'll keep you updated on what's happening on that front, um, but uh, that's all you know on this end about the coronavirus. Well, there you have it. Um, I should say, as I'm recording this, I'm busy working on a square. It's uh, in a double knitting, very bright yellow. It's called Sunshine Yellow. It's a charity wool. And I'm knitting on plastic needles that are about a five or six. I can't actually tell because I can't see the the little um, the numbers on the ends. But I can tell you that it's a very they are very thick needles and it's forming quite a loose fabric, which is fine because it's uh, the right measurements. It's 20 centimeters by 20 centimeters and it will um, produce quite a nice soft floppy fabric, which I like. Um, the next two segments I have are also recorded on my iPhone. The first one is a um, just a reflection on the stats that we had on the first day of lockdown. Uh, you can hear the concern in my voice because at the time um, we were hearing dreadful things coming out of Europe and particularly Italy and Spain. And although things um, hadn't picked up anything like that here in South Africa, um, there was quite a, um, a sense of of um, of worry and concern because we had no idea where, where this was going to go. The second clip is a uh, a phone conversation that we had with that I had from home with members of some of our team, and um, it's not a fantastic recording, but I think you can hear everybody adequately, and we have a good chat about um, the the way the lockdown is going for each of us individually. I'm recording this on Friday, the twenty seventh of March. It's the first day of the lockdown in South Africa. The lockdown is due to go on for twenty one days. As I woke up this morning, um, we heard the news that the infection rate in South Africa had reached 1,000. Also, the news came through that two people had died, two women in the Western Cape. This, I'm afraid, is going to be the beginning of a sharp rise in infections and deaths as a result of the spread of the virus. Because despite the lockdown, we are seeing people disregarding the need to stay socially distant from each other. Just this morning, people were out on the streets gathering in clusters. Um, the taxi ranks were busy. People were crowding into taxis as they always have done, shoulder to shoulder. There seems to be a disregard for the danger that is presenting with the, with the virus, especially for people with lowered immune systems. One wonders what one can do to change this because somehow the message isn't getting through. Despite all the government's um, notices, the encouragement on the radio and in the press and on television for people to stay at home and to avoid mixing and just to kind of keep confined. Already on the first day of the, the lockdown, we're just seeing amongst certain people in the population just a, a an inability to understand what is going on. And I don't know if it's if it's ignorance of the, the danger, or whether it's almost like a rebellion, a sort of a sense that if we stand together and fight this, we can defy it. 
I don't know. But all I know is that it's a very bad sign. And I ask you, wherever you are, to be praying for our country. The one thing that we can do, of course, is to support the children, because that is our, our mandate. And wherever you are, and whatever you're knitting and work on and crocheting at this time, whether you're putting together blankets or dreaming up new cute and cuddly soft toys, you are doing an amazing work, and I just want to thank you and applaud you for what you're doing. After this time is over, we will unfortunately have many new orphans to look after, many more vulnerable children, because their parents and the grandparents that were previously looking after them will have um, succumbed to coronavirus. Now, I'm not saying that's inevitable, but it's highly likely. And we just need to be mindful of that as we go into this lockdown. And so I will keep you updated. I'm going to be doing another recording soon with a couple of other people so we can throw around ideas. But I just wanted to give you an update on the first day of the lockdown that it's going to be hard work for the law enforcement agencies and for the medical health care people who are just trying to get to and from work without getting infected. And with so many people on the streets and in, in public transport, it's going to be really, really tough on them. So that's all for today. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, everybody. Um, it's Tuesday, the 7th of April, and we are having a little telephone group call. Um, that's myself and Rhonda and Estelle and Athelay. And we are doing this on WhatsApp. And um, if you can hear all the um, little bit of background noise, that's just because um, we're all sitting in different locations and we're going to try and update you on a little bit of what's been happening um, and hopefully it will come out okay. This is a bit of an experiment. So Rhonda, good morning. Would you like to welcome everybody? Yes, absolutely. Welcome everybody. Um, lovely to chat to you um, from this lockdown in South Africa. Um, uh, as you can imagine, there's not a lot of um, uh, stuff going on, but I did phone the post office this morning. In fact, I didn't. I phoned the postmaster on his private phone, um, which I'm lucky enough to have. And he explained that since um, our government ordered the lockdown, the post office has locked down as well. So there's no sorting, there's no, there are no parcels coming through whatsoever. They mm. are only open on the days where they have to pay out um, the government uh, pensions and support payments to the poor. And then, of course, I'm not sure how that affects lockdown um, because there are, you know, just thousands of people who receive that. Mm -hmm. However, um, he assured me that he will, he's hoping that by next Friday I can pop in and have a look and see if there is any post, and um, I would make a decision at the time. Great. Um, I just wanted to say that the volunteers, we have been on t in touch by WhatsApp, the ones in um, Soweto, they are locked down. Soweto is a dangerous place because many of the people there don't understand and are, are um, kicking against it a bit. But our volunteers are being very good. It's Nani's birthday today, the mm. 7th of April. So we've all sent messages. 
And the last thing I want to say is that uh, the squares lists are in from Anarchy, so I have sorted them, but I haven't captured them yet, um, but will be doing on it. I'm working on it quite slowly. There are quite a few squares that came in in March and were opened. Uh, you'll be happy to know, but I'll be sending those off as soon as I've finished them. Things have slowed right down, so... Um, you know, that's what's happening for all of us, I think. Mm. Um, God bless you all. I, I hope and pray that you will all be safe. Mm. Lots of love. <laughs> Athelé, would you like to just update everybody where we are at on the 7th of April as far as the infection rate goes with COVID-19? Oh, right. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, let me just uh, see if I can get back there. Uh, yeah, according to the World Meter, uh, updated at uh, GMT 922 this morning, we currently have in the world um, 1.352 thousand cases, so mm. 1.3 and a half million yeah. uh, cases, 75,300 people have died from the virus. Less than 300,000 have recovered. Um, South Africa didn't report any new cases yesterday, which was interesting. And as of right now, um, haven't reported any new for today, it looks like. Uh, 1,686 confirmed cases, mm. 12 deaths mm. uh, so far. Um, yeah, holding uh, fairly steady. It's actually. all about it's all about uh, the level of testing. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, in the UAE where my son lives, they've conducted two hundred and twenty thousand tests, whereas in South Africa, they've done fifty eight thousand tests. Mm. So, do you see it uh, as a percentage of the population? Uh, you know, we 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 still way behind on in terms of the testing but uh yeah uh, that's wait, what i have to offer about the stats at the moment thanks um and both you and estelle have been doing quite a bit of sewing and updating everybody on facebook estelle do you want to just tell us what you've been working on this last week or so yes hi everyone um i was fortunate enough to go on the last tuesday that uh Rhonda went to the post office which was, I think, about two weeks ago. And she allowed me to bring home parcels and open them at home, which was great. Because in the barn, there was only um, Timber, who'd driven uh, Nani and Lindy uh, there to the barn to, to open post. So I rushed home, sprayed the parcels, and then mm -hmm. tried to sort out some, but it's quite time-consuming. So I just put squares into bags and Athlay and Anna who's also one of the volunteers came to my house and fetched some also Audrey another volunteer and then of course I gave some to friends of mine who sew up for us mm. so that's kept us busy the sorting takes a long time and I've tried to sort for other friends who I knew I couldn't see that day and um, so I think Athlay and I have been kept quite busy because we also just love it. It's therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And while we're watching TV and things at night, we do a bit of sewing. In fact, while we're on the podcasts, mm -hmm. 
Estelle and I are saying, I believe. I did just want to add about those statistics. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just the numbers. But what, what makes me concerned is, especially countries like the UK, USA, Australia, Croatia, you know, these countries where we have so many friends now yes. and as so many um, contributors, uh, it's just very worrying, uh, you know, and we just hope that everybody is is staying at home and mm. keeping their knitting and their crocheting um, going so that, you know, to keep, keep everybody feeling okay and at home and mm. safe, please, because... Uh, we do. We, I, I certainly, I do think about all the friends that I've gathered over the years, and when I look at those stats, I think about people, our friends in France, our friends, uh, you know. So it's 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 difficult. And the other thing I did want to say is, um, yes, thank you so much, Estelle. I managed to get twelve blankets all told because I wow. had a few half packs. So well, that's what fantastic. you gave mm. me. But I am. I do want to just add as well that. Uh, uh, my sense is that lockdown is going to be continued. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we'll be given a few days grace in between to, you know, dash around and get things like more squares or anything like that. So I'm not, I'm sort of trying to ration myself <laughs> and not do it too much because I've, there's a good chance that, you know, the, the, the plentiful supply that we usually have might not be there for a little while. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is worrying because we need these things. But as I said to Ash, I'm trying to size some as well. That I've also, we all seem to have some odd squares. Mm. Mm. And uh, also, if I run out totally, then I'll start making squares. Yes. So at least I'll have something. At least you've got some yarn mm -hmm. there, yeah. Mm. I, yeah, and I wanted to say, uh, if there's time, that, that I'm I'm hoping that, that there's maybe a few days between lockdowns or some of the restrictions are lifted or something, because I've got a, I've told Judith already that the funds she gave me to take the blankets to Clarence, what I'm actually planning on doing is trying to squeeze maybe as many as 100 blankets, etc., into my car and going down to um, Peter Maritzburg to leave them at a friend who I know has got space for Sandra Pillay to pick up uh, for Jika Joe, the really yes. dreadful um, uh, uh, proper squatter camp on the edge of Peter Maritzburg. Mm. I had promised her around Easter that I'd get those. So it all depends on what happens with the restrictions and whether we're allowed to move between cities. Yes. But I'm kind of hoping that sort of next weekend I might just be able to do a, a wild dash down wow. to Maritzburg to deliver because I am concerned about the sort of backlog that we're going to have yes. because we know it takes us such a, you know, we have to stagger the distributions mm -hmm. as it is yes. because mm -hmm. only so much can we do. Not so we have to do it through summer and now suddenly we're going to have this mad yeah. rush. And I'm also very aware of the economic outfall of this is going to never mind you know people losing their lives but in the in the the sort of age group we're looking at it's going to be more economic outfall problems i suspect so yeah. i see there being many more vulnerable children than ever yes <clears throat> absolutely from this yeah absolutely. Oh, sure. yeah 
Well, I think with that, let's just uh, end this and say to everybody, please keep safe and keep knitting. And we look forward to being able to um, start up again once the lockdown and all this is over. That's my alarm saying I got the I'm sorry. Yes. So bless you, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Stay safe. Stay well. Stay happy. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, poor Athelay never got down to Peter Maritzburg to deliver her batch of blankets to Sandra Pelle of the Jekka Joe's squatter camp, and nor did she even get out between lockdowns to grab some more bags of squares from the barn. We are all just having to make do during the lockdown and and um, use whatever we've got at home. And on that note, I just want to share with you my favorite trick for making what you've got go further. Um, I keep all my leftover scraps of yarn, whether it's double knitting or four ply or chunky, whatever it is, I keep those in separate bags. And um, and when I've got a lot, I get to uh, organizing them. Now, um, let's talk about the double knitting ones, because those are the ones that I gather the most of. First of all, what I do is I separate those into light and dark colors. Now, um, that's kind of a, a subjective process because for example if your knitting style tends to only use very pale and intermediate colors then your intermediate colors would um, classify as dark so that would just be the, the way that you would approach it the other thing I do is um, for example a very bright yellow might not um, fit necessarily into your pale colors because it might be too bright and saturated for that uh, you might want to then put it with your darks. But on the other hand, it might be too cheerful and chirpy and um, upbeat to put with your dark somber colors. Um, so that would be up to you. But uh, I tend to put my bright yellows with my light colors. And um, that's just a personal thing <laughs> that I have. Anyway, once you've got your lights and your darks separated into two separate bags, then what you need to do is make sure that... Um, well, is, is to begin to join the pieces of yarn together in lengths that, well, they can be as short as about 10, cent, uh, yeah, 10 centimeters would be fine even. Um, probably 20 centimeters is the shortest that I would use, uh, which is about eight inches. Um, and you can do it up to maybe um, a meter or two would be perhaps the longest length that I would use. Anyway, what I would do is I'd start off with a small ball um, and I'd roll it up tight and then take the end of that ball and join it onto the next piece of, of yarn. And what I do for that is to use a magic knot. And if you don't know what a magic knot is, it's something that I discovered uh, recently. It's really quite um, exciting because it's it's almost invisible in your work. So the way that you would do it is you take the end of the one piece of yarn you lay it over your lap from um, across your left leg and then you take the end of your of the new piece of yarn you lay it over your lap across your right leg and you move these close together so that they overlap um, for about 10 centimeters or so then what you do is you take the the end of the one length of yarn the one that's over your right leg and you make a little knot over the the middle of the yarn that is over your left leg and then you do the same you take the, the end of the yarn that is over your left leg and you make a little knot um, connecting it to the, the yarn that is on your right leg now you'll have um, two knots 
with a with two strands of yarn in between. So you take the ends of the, the two strands on the outside of your leg and you pull them apart and your knots will slide together. Once they are together, you pull them really, really tight to make that knot a, a very tight knot. And then take your scissors and you clip off the ends of the knot, the short ends of the knot, which leaves you with the two strands of yarn joined together by your magic knot. And it's um, it's a very tiny knot indeed. So that's how you, I would be joining my, my yarn um, a piece at a time and rolling up the ball as I go along. I make one of those lovely big round balls like a tennis ball, might grow even larger into the size of a grapefruit. And then I would snip it off and pop it into a, a bag, one of those nice um, Ziploc bags. And I keep all my, my dark yarns in one Ziploc bag and my light yarns in another Ziploc bag. <laughs> Beg your pardon. And um, from there, the, once, once you've got all your magic balls, you can actually do anything with them, anything you like with them. My special thing for Knitter Square is that I take a, a beanie pattern that works on circular needles. And then I would start the ribbing using just perhaps the dark balls. I'd start um, making a ribbing um, edge with that. And once I get onto the stocking knit, stocking stitch uh, section, I would start to, um, well, I'd add in the second color so that I'm going to spiral the two colors now. So you, you knit around with the one color and as you get to the place where um, you started, you would add in your second color. Or you could simply just continue the spiraling right up into the very top. And um, what I particularly like about doing it that way is that your light and dark colors, um, because you they are complete random mixtures, they tend to interplay together in a very exciting way. And when you start out, you have no idea what the hat's going to end up with because you might be starting out with a dark green, for example. And then pretty soon it ends, it goes to red and then your light color happens to be pink and then it will go to say orange and then your light color will go to uh, something, maybe it's white or cream. And before you know it, you've got just this most amazing spiral of different colors that is very, very exciting to look at. And of course, the, the one thing that I love is that no um, two beanies made in this way are ever likely well they're just never ever going to be the same they're so unique and and I think that's especially lovely for the children who receive them as I said to you the children who receive them are very young so color is great for them they're not particularly fussy about um, fancy designs or or knitting stitches um, but bright colors always go down well so I like that idea um, and then, of course, as you use up your stash during this lockdown period, you are um, clearing away uh, a lot of unfinished projects or just leftovers from from finished projects. And um, by the time you can get back to the shops and buy some more wool, you won't have any guilt over a whole lot of leftover wool that is sitting there. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope this... Uh, is inspirational to you. I certainly find it a marvelous way of using up scraps and perhaps once a year I just go through my stash, use up all my leftovers to make these lovely spiral beanies and I, I just find um, it's really great to to empty all those uh, packets and um, clear the decks so that I can feel really good about buying new yarn when the time comes. 
Well, I think that's brought us to the end of this episode. I hope you found it interesting and inspirational. Please remember that um, if you want to find out more about Knitter Square, you can go to the website, which is at www.knit-a-square.com. You'll find our podcast um, on the navigation bar on that page, or you can join the Square Circle Forum, which is where all our members post their pictures of what they're busy with and um, news about things happening in South Africa and around the world. Um, or you could visit the Netta Square store, which is where you can support our work through purchasing um, either a practical item, such as a Tunisian crochet book, or um, a virtual uh, product, such as paying the rent for a month on the, the, um, on the barn. Because of course, even if it's locked down, we still have to rent that space in order to store all our squares and our finished blankets ready for distribution. So I think that's all from me and it's still a beautiful morning outside um, and nearing lunchtime and <laughs> I, I'm just going to probably finish the square off and then make myself a bite to eat. <laughs> well, it's been lovely joining you today. This is Leanne Hunt casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it, and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.